This is CliffCentral.com. So increasingly, humanity finds itself drowning in information. We are choking in a deluge of data. We are increasingly suffering from bandwidth anxiety between our Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds and Facebook feeds. Most people talk about the fact that now we live in the attention economy. Attention is the new limited resource. Attention is the new oil. If you don't have ADD today, you're not paying attention. This is the question on everybody's minds. How do we curate what we pay attention to? How do we push aside the noise and focus on what's important? Stuart Brand used to say, science is the only news. The rest is the same he says and she says that you see in the media. And so, if I were to be talking to entrepreneurs, if I was talking to heads of companies, I would tell them, pay attention to exponentials. Pay attention to disruptive technologies. Pay attention to the progress in artificial intelligence, biotechnology, nanotechnology, right? The big three, GNR, genetics, nanotechnology, and robotics. These are the forces that are upending the world. These are the new trillion dollar industries that are going to emerge out of no place. Think exponentially, pay attention to disruptive technology. Hey, welcome. Was that us? (laughs) I thought I was going to do it. And that, what? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. You, Should we you, try you, that again? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Guys, guys, seriously. Th- this was the tone of the entire interview that you went through. You know, and I had to listen to it. And I was like, this poor woman, Jaya, who was sitting there listening to you two Muppets. I mean. <laughs> Love you, Brett. Uh, 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 Love you, Brett. Clearly it, it, clearly, it was the last interview of the day. Giraffe sex. Yeah, well, that's you're just, giraffe sex. You're just, doing, you're just doing the cover of the magazine show that we're about to listen to you. <laughs> At Singularity exactly. University. So there's, there, is, there is mention of giraffe sex. I yeah. I can't remember the context just but yet. Where, was it giraffe sex and fist? What's it? Brofisting. 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 <laughs> so. which, which actually, and cremazing. Cremazing. Oh, there we so, go. So, so, Jaya, next time we do an interview, I, I, I will do it. This is Michael speaking. I and never you'll met be, you. And you'll be bored because we've set the bar so high with random ah, crazy. <laughs> random crazy. Random crazy. But welcome back to the next uh, session here on the singularity. I mean, it was, it's been a, f- a fantastic series so far, guys. I'm, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I've loved it. It's been the highlight of, of my futurology career. So, is Vivian Ming on your person wall? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Right? She, yeah, she, she's power. She's your superstar, right? She, she's power. And look, the, you know what? There were a couple of that, that were really power. I mean, we're going to listen to Jaya just now. I mean, her mm. her um, presentation was absolutely mind-blowing. On quantum security. On Yeah, yeah. It, it was absolutely phenomenal. So um, it was absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I think Mike is completely taken back here. I am. I am. I am. Who, uh, you really missed out on oh, no, 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 Jaya Belou's oh, um, uh, yeah. Look, I, I, I saw her presentation. I, yes. I'm sorry I didn't get to, to chat to her. I mean, we, we, we got so tied up on the first day that, that she got shuffled over to the next day, clearly. But we were sitting there. I mean, everybody's reaction to Jaya's presentation was amazing. I think yeah, absolutely. even Jaya enjoyed her presentation. It was that but, good. But you know what? I think Jaya's one of those people who's just got a, a zest for life. And yeah. I mean, she, she's just got an energy that... You, you, it's it's a huggable energy, man. It's a bro-fisting energy, bro. Yeah, bro-fisting. There you go. Totally. Totally. But, totally. but we're not starting with Jaya, are we? No, no. no. We're going to start with uh, Dr. Divya Chanda. Who you happen to call Miss. I asked her if it was Miss Miss Miss. And you get in it. In your I mean, dreams, Brett. Wow, I don't know. 
My hallucinations, maybe. <laughs> Your hallucinations. That's right. LSD, ayahuasca type there we trip go. that we talked about. And she's talking about how it's not all about whether or not the technology is going to overrun the humanity within us or whether or not we can do other things. And yeah. she talks about med tech, but it's, it took a very different angle. We weren't quite ready for that. Discussion he, and it on 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 microdosing of LSD. Microdosing LSD was just a part yeah. of the thing that blew my brain yeah. the most. Yeah. We didn't actually do any practical or mushrooms things. No, none of that. And she was advocating this, huh? Yeah, and the spiritual, <laughs> she was recreational things. <laughs> she, she wasn't. She wasn't selling. I think the best thing is just to listen to what Doctor Divya Chanda has to say. Yes. Fantastic. We'll enjoy. Hey, you're still listening to the Futurology Show, and we are still here at the Singularity University Summit here in Johannesburg. Boom. And our minds are blown by all of the amazing speakers we have. Uh, But in the room with us, we have Mr. Justin Kutsia. Welcome, Justin. And I don't have my pink jersey on. You don't have your pink jersey on. I think I'll survive. You are wearing the same jersey that Brett always wears. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to blend in. What can I say? He's got great taste. Trying to blend in. That's good. Become part of the crew. But we are also we are also graced with the presence of Miss Mrs. Miss Ms. Ms. Doctor. Doctor. Doctor <laughs> Divya Chanda. Thank you so much. And you're from the Faculty of Medicine with the Singularity University. I am. And you did you blew everybody's mind on your med tech discussion. But that's the best I can do with explaining to everybody who you are. You can do a much better job. Tell us who you are, what you do. Um, I am a neuroscientist who has been interested in the problem of studying consciousness all my life. Uh, So when it was time to also pick a medical specialty, I chose anesthesiology because I get to make people unconscious for a living and then study their brains as I do. Ah, (laughs) No one ever complains when they're sleeping. So you're like a mentalist doctor. (laughs) I suppose you could call me that. Yeah, no, I'm actually studying. I, I, um, all of my patients, I uh, study their electroencephalogram as I take them under um, and to these drug-induced states of unconsciousness, and then as I bring them back. Um, and at the same time, I'm trying to understand which neural networks serve states of consciousness. Wow. They overlap with sleep. Wow. Um, there are overlapping phenotypes. But then I also try to dissect what the brain is telling us when different drugs are given. So I'm just creating a data dictionary for electrical neural wow. signals and drugs. Wow. And then and I have a precision medicine initiative at Stanford where I'm biobanking patient data, and we're trying to see if there's a genetic basis for some of these oscillations, which actually predominate during different states of consciousness. So, I've got a question. Is this such a thing as a eureka epiphany moment then, or have we always had that knowledge in our heads? Uh, eureka about what? <laughs> eureka about anything. Like, how does that work? Is it something that we've always had, or is our consciousness just awakening to knowledge maybe it was always there? That's a really profound question and yeah. maybe a bit spiritual. Digital philosopher, sorry. Yeah, no. Um... <laughs> the philosopher and the neuroscience meet in the middle. So, well, so the material neuroscientist in me yeah. would say that you've you've somehow formed a connection to neural networks, especially the neurons that are responsible at one particular synapse, which is a junction where they talk, have started firing together. And there's an old adage by a Canadian um, scientist, neurons that fire together wire together. Wow. And so when you have these overlapping moments of profundity, mm. um, often you have two networks that have been activated at the same time and have understood connections between different um, events, stimuli, or, or memories you've laid down. Uh, the spiritual part of me might say, well, maybe you've just tapped into this continuum that you've always had access to, and you've entered a state where you've almost, it's either a hyper-conscious state or one where you've removed part of your consciousness in order to tap into that knowledge. 
And here I would say what's really interesting about that is, um, think about this, you, you don't see most of what's actually out there in the visual spectrum yeah. because your eyes are filtering this. You only have a couple of, of color photoreceptors. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, there's a little mantis shrimp that sees so many more colors than you do because of this. Well, your brain is an equally crappy filter. In fact, you throw out most of the information that comes in. What if your brain were a consciousness filter and consciousness were more of a non-local phenomenon and all these individual brains were located in these different avatars and they were just kind of funneling down this information and making it actually smaller. And so states of meditation or when you go into a sweat lodge or you have a ayahuasca experience, what you're doing is lifting some of the filters away and tapping back into a larger flow. So those are the two. That's one's a more reductionistic answer and one is much more of a... I love talking to doctors of stuff that they know. (laughs) I actually have a controversial question. I think it's slightly off topic at the moment. I was reading in the Harvard Business Review about the problem with... um, Microdosing LSD <laughs> and the effects on the brain. <clears throat> There's no I mean, problem. It, it, it's, uh, it's completely off topic. Right. But if you have why, an why is it a problem? I mean, it's yeah. problem. No, no, but I'm just saying <laughs> a lot of creativity they reckon is coming out through firing up more sensors in the brain. I mean, is that true or is it just, guys, any excuse for a bit of LSD? Okay. Wow, we, we really are off topic. Oh. Now, <laughs> totally. But very but pertinent to someone so, who's about to go on an ayahuasca experience. This is Dr. Divya Chanda that we're talking to on the Futurology Show. You're hearing the, 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 the Pandora's box that we're opening up in the, in the world of consciousness, and I think we need to maybe just close it again, and I'd love to have you back on the show. So we will Actually, definitely set that up, that. and we will open that box. How would I time. say one sentence, and yes. then we, we can come back to this much later? LSD is a hallucinogen. Um, I use another drug that can cause hallucinations often in the operating room called ketamine. Mm-hmm. It was originally considered a horse tranquilizer, but that's mostly because it's injectable in addition yeah. to taking it IV. Mm-hmm. What a lot of these drugs do, these dissociative drugs, is they, they uncouple parts of the brain that used to be firmly wired. Mm-hmm. And then by the state of uncoupling, they allow different connections to be made. Imagine when you form a habit, right, and you lay down that network, and then it's really hard to pop out of it. In fact, as we've evolved as a species, it makes metabolic sense to keep using the same patterns over and over because you don't expend a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah, That's why it's so hard to break habits. The mental models sure, that we create. Yes, absolutely. And we see the world that the filtering Always. you're talking about, that filtering is those mental models. So then, now you take a drug like LSD, and what happens is the drug basically breaks this this filter that you have developed and laid down so carefully over time. And that's why people say that they have almost transcendental experiences sometimes when they use dissociative drugs. And the experience stays. So you break networks and you allow some rewiring New to take wiring, place. Yeah. And so whether you're taking large doses and having these huge experiences or microdosing and maybe breaking apart some sort of smaller networks, you are changing the way the brain is organized, and that allows for different possibilities. Wow. That is and this is why, why, why people battle to change. So, so yeah. when you go into a corporate environment, why the corporate culture battles mm. to change is exactly this. You have this, this, these mental models that have been created by the in, individuals. You've got careers that have been built on the back mm-hmm. of these things. Sure. And, and, and I'm, 
starting to realize I should be going into drugs. Into I am this not advocating. <laughs> 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 this is Dr. Debbie Chandler not advocating <laughs> drug use on, on, on this radio show. <laughs> so, I trying to explain my... <laughs> how they might work. We, we just have like a, a, an ayahuasca incense just burning yeah, in every room. That's, that that's, 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 that's what I'm doing. That's what we're going to do. So, ayahuasca tea is part of my <laughs> ritual. So back on topic. We sorry, are at the Singularity sorry. University Summit here in Johannesburg. And... Dr. Divya Chanda, you have you gave an amazing talk, and it was jam packed with a lot of stuff. Some of which is I'm just going to quickly run through them because we we only have a short amount of time given how much we've wasted already. <laughs> medical innovation, leapfrog technology, access to medical things, whether it be hospitals or tool sets or sterile environments in rural spaces, uh, 3D printing, supply chain fixing through 3D printing. I'm going to go through this quickly. But you, you went to field. 3D printing of organs as well, to the point of this. Yeah. You spoke about biopens, paradigm shifting, things like microfluidics, precision medicine, bionics. All of it is amazing. And if anybody wants to know more, please, I encourage you, how can we get hold of you or find out more about the things that you're working on? Okay, so you're reminding me that I should be setting up a, a, a regular blog. And yeah. Yes. You, you are depriving <laughs> the world by not doing this. So much to do. So yeah, much to yeah, do. It's yeah. true. It's true. You My, need an assistant? Yes. <laughs> you offering? Quite happy. Yeah. What I would what I would say is this. If if there is a topic, it's actually pretty easy to find information on yeah. almost everything. It's the synthesis that's kind yeah, of difficult. Yep. It's a narrative and it's the framework to actually hang things on. Yeah. Um, and that's what I try to do a bit in the talk is to try to provide sort of basic frameworks so that if afterwards you're in, interested in induced pluripotent stem cells, you kind of know what it was. Yeah. And then correct. you kind of know what it is you can actually do with induced pluripotent stem cells. you follow the path. Yeah, you follow the path. If you're interested in 3D printing but with stem cells versus plastics, that also gives you a completely different path to go on. Brilliant. But to know that these things are all possible now... Excellent. <laughs> That's great. And we're, we're on the Futurology Show. We do a study of the future. We don't try to understand or talk about the future. We try to explore the possibilities that exist in the future. The one thing I really liked about the essence of your talk was how so many people are afraid of artificial intelligence and these things robots replacing humans. Robots taking over the world. And robots <laughs> taking over the world. But your, your talk is very much this assimilation, this, this togetherness of technology, of learning and understanding, and, and how we're going to use it as humans in the future. What do you feel the future is in the next five to ten for us? So here's the first thing. Um, we touched on this a little bit in the prep. We can't stop the train of technology. Most technology is developed for good. Atomic physics was a very beautiful, positive endeavor, and we got an atomic bomb. But we also got the understanding of the atom. Uh, we would mm. be nowhere without this. Yeah. A lot of our technology and bionics and brain-machine interfaces was actually developed to help people who basically had nervous system dysfunction, who were paraplegics, who had lost limbs. And you can see the incredible benefit this provides to them. But in the process, we've actually figured out ways to control robots and computers with our minds, uh, to create electronic versions of ourselves, to meld ourselves with bionic exoskeletons and... Part of the result is going to be also the development of super soldiers and humans that connect to the Internet. And there's no way around any of this. So 
the way to deal with this kind of disruption is to actually understand that no matter what you do, it's going to happen. And yep. if you stop the disruption, you just will create a black market or shift the disruption elsewhere to another country, for mm -hmm. instance, that doesn't have the same mm -hmm. regulation. There's Correct. no way around yep. it. <clears throat> so you embrace the disruption. You understand what your new role might be within this disruptive universe and then as a huge global society we begin to talk about the ethical implications super soldiers i we help paraplegics with bionic exoskeletons and people whose limbs have been blown off and the military is going to develop soldiers that can wear these exoskeletons. There's no way around it. Yeah. So do we need to change the rules of warfare? Um, mm -hmm. Do we need to reconsider whether war is necessary at all? Mm -hmm. And these are the kinds of things that we need to have discussions yeah, about, not halting the technology. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. no way. Yeah. You mentioned jobs. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, in 2015, I was, with a, I was with Singularity. We were doing a, a sort of a summit in Shanghai. And a colleague of mine, Neil Jacobstein, said to me, and he's one of our AI faculty, he said, are you worried, Divya, that in the next 10 years you will be obsolete and replaced by an AI? And I was really deeply offended. And I said, how, how could you even say that? I mean, what I do is so creative. You know, um, I said, you know, as a physician, I would feel like my job is fairly intact. I mean, tens of thousands of patients, and I develop this sort of sixth sense about what's happening, what's going on. And then he says, you know, no offense was, was meant by this. My wife is a surgeon, you know, mm -hmm. but personally, I think you're, you're all out of a job soon. <laughs> and I, I thought about this and I thought about it. And then when I was back in the operating room, I started thinking about what I was doing for my patients and how I was detecting that things might be going wrong or how to intervene. And I realized I have tens of thousands of patients I've taken care of. I am a network, neural net, and yeah, I am basically, mm. yeah, I am fantastic. training on a huge data set, just mm. like a machine Jeez. would, That's using crazy. a deep neural net. And these are just algorithms. I'm just learning, and the difference between a human brain and, a, and what we interpret machines do is, we, we don't get that, we, we feel so human as we're doing things. Yeah. We don't realize that we are, we're developing algorithms and pattern recognition, and that is, that is what we have endowed these deep neural nets with. Yeah. And once they start training on tens of thousands of patients, they will develop the same thing that we call intuition. Yep. Mm. And then I said, yeah, okay, cognitively I am going to be disrupted. Now, do I think a machine can intubate a patient? Do I think they can put an invasive lines in people's arteries and the veins in their neck? And I said, yeah, probably yes. But can they care? <clears throat> hmm? Can they care? Yes. So <clears throat> it's a very good question. Um, Here's what machines can do. They can not get tired when they're sleep deprived because mm -hmm. they have an unlimited mm -hmm. supply of energy when you plug them into a wall. You can't plug me into a wall. Right. And after 24 hours of caring for patients, I get tired. Yeah. And a Red Bull doesn't fix that necessarily. No. <laughs> no, and they don't sell it in the hospital yeah. cafeteria. Maybe they should. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that humans are liable just like a, like a pilot could make an error if they're up too long. Mm. A human physician can as well. In some bizarre way, you might feel more comfortable having a machine take care of you because that machine is not going to make an error because of sleep deprivation. Yep. Um, <clears throat> there are cognitive overload errors. There is too much information coming in. Sure. Machines aren't going to have that issue. Those problems, no. So in a really sort of strange way, I have to admit that maybe care by machine could be superior and that the physicians of the future are going to be just compassionate givers of 
support, empathy, empathy. Mm. yes, yeah. delivering bad news, yeah. um, coaching people to wellness. Mm. Helping them overcome habits. But I think also just coming back to your point about jobs, because people are uh, alarmed by all of this. Um, I think that the realities around this also is it's it's moving really rapidly, but there's still so much to learn and so much to do that it's not like next year you're suddenly going to be without a job. And I think that's the sort of realism for, for some folks is um, that the coexistence of machine and man is still going to be around for a long, long time, probably beyond our lifetime, unless, of course, we have the... Uh, I don't know. How long is our lifetime? Yeah, that's right? the thing, right? <laughs> is that Unless another suddenly Which hitting 300 years. Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what does a professional say? Yeah, I mean, so the, the, the question is, you know, the, the, the imminent impact, you know, how real is that? So is it imminent or are we looking at this is something that is happening quickly, but probably still a long way off from the sort of utopian you, you're discussing now? So, for instance, if we break that down, machines taking over our jobs might be one piece of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the second is whether or not there, there will be a harmonic interaction between human and mm-hmm. machine. Um, let me take that latter question first. You know, if you think about uh, these humans who have lost nervous system function or have lost limbs, and we have already interfaced them mm-hmm. with machines, mm-hmm. that's an example of beautiful harmony between human and machine. And um, I actually think that, in general, humans would do well to partner with AIs. Your average physician, whether they're telling you this or not when you go see them, if what you come in with is not standard, they're looking you up on the Internet. But they go to different databases. Mm-hmm. They not Google. No. <laughs> <clears throat> they go to peer-reviewed literature. They go yeah. to other sources of medical data. By the way, there's new crowdsourcing apps for physicians. Mm-hmm. A physician, let's say I, I'm in the United States and somebody comes to our emergency room and has this very bizarre infectious disease, and it turns out it's a tropical infectious disease that we don't see very often. You might do better to contact a physician that, say, in an equatorial country where that disease is prevalent. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of sort of mass interconnected brain that even physicians can form. Mm-hmm. And now if we can form that with machines, whether we do it invasively or not, we would probably also deliver better care. Yeah. So, I must admit that invasively or not, the sonic discussion you had around yeah. oh, controlling the neurons. Controlling worms, yeah. Yes, it's insane. <laughs> and that's insane. That's another topic. And unfortunately, I think we're running out of time. And an amazing, beautiful mind. I would Enjoy. want to talk to you some more and, and for a lot longer. But before we leave and we let you run back into the Singularity Summit, what would be the one piece of advice to people that maybe have a fear for the future? If you have a fear of the future, you just must embrace it, like you like you do everything that you are afraid of. Look, we are um, we are not going to be replaced by technology. Um, only only the things, in some sense, that are actually not good for us, that are repetitive, that hurt us, will be automated away. And in the end, imagine this: that we free up the human race for more time for leisure activity, for exploration, for spiritual pursuits, for kindness and love. The age of experience is going to be real. Would it be better to be working in a field or a coal mine versus developing um, systems for interconnectedness and love of other humans? I don't think so. And so this... There are ways to get around, by the way, this fear of survival. What if we were to develop universal basic incomes? Yeah. Right. Okay, Solve that. Get to that point the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Solve this Solve problem this. some other way. There's enough resources. Yeah. Humans don't need to live 
you know, this horrible fettered existence because machines arrive mm. or because AI arrives or because we automate. Humans can live a much more human existence yes, with yeah. the arrival of machines. And we can all learn to love each other as as kindred spirits. I really think there's more opening for our spiritual development. Absolutely. I love you, Brent. I love you too. There we go. I think so. So, Brett Sinclair has a has a, a a man crush, love crush wall, and I'm pretty sure, and we all do actually. I think you're going to be very much. I on think it. you're on our man crush, person crush, wall. person crush wall. So, uh, Dr. Right. Divya Tranja, thank you so much for you're your time today. We very much look forward to talking to you again in the future, and uh, enjoy the rest of Singularity. Thank Summit. you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Are you still high? Just a bit. That was that was Dr. Vivian Chanda that you just listened to. <laughs> And that was Brett still recovering from us. <laughs> uh, That's so, so funny. So, uh, Shame. I, I, I apologize for this entire episode, even, even our little inbid bits between. Are you oh. all right now, Brett? Have you come back down to earth? Sure, we had fun. It's amazing when you do things live, hey? <laughs> Did you find the mothership whilst you were away? <laughs> so, Brett, did you enjoy that? I mean, are you back to earth as well, dude? Like, I, I must admit, my whole thinking has kind of changed. When we started talking about the whole remapping my synapses, because we've been training our minds to do something for so oh, long, and yeah. actually, that's probably a bad thing. We need to continually break them yeah. and then reassemble. Yeah, and I just. Every day you start realizing, damn, we've got to do different experiences, live Absolutely. life differently. I'm stuck in conformity. Ah, it's yeah. beautiful. And, and it's a hard one though, isn't yeah. it? It really is. But you, that's, sorry. No, I was just going to say, that's the big challenge yeah. of, of the 21st century is to unlearn. Yeah. Unlearn. And that's yeah. what the thing is. I mean, we, we're going through exponential and disruptive change. And the biggest thing to accept a lot of the time is the fact that sometimes we have to change. Actually, I just want to do a little pun for Craig Wing. He has a great keynote on 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 unlearning. Oh yeah. I mean, he really spends a lot of time. If you cannot do LSD or micro, or mushrooms, and I do not suggest you do that, then start, just go watch him on on YouTube. He's he's got a phenomenal presentation on that. Have you done LSD and mushrooms? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've done rooibos. Rooibos. That's about the closest I get to any sort of herbal. I don't ah. know. And the last rose, darling, is eh? for you. I'm a five roses. Oh, you're oh, five roses. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, your poor wife. Oh, your poor wife. But I mean, uh, if that's how gushy you're getting with Brecha, I mean, can you imagine poor Martha? I had to break those synapses to start that new journey of thinking. In, in fact, I've I, I got to tell you a funny – I don't know if you saw Brett's post on Facebook the other day. He actually thanked his wife for I did. putting up oh, – yeah, That was very gushy. But, but, Damn it, but did wish, you see the comments? Did no, you it, was, see the it comments? was beautiful. It was no, beautiful. But, but did you see the humor in the I comments? I had Vivaldi going in the background while I was reading it. I was like, oh. No, but did you see the comments? I didn't read comments. I yeah. never read comments. <laughs> you've I don't care what to, other people think. You, you've actually got to go read the comments because okay. it was like, well, Brett, what have you done now? What have you broken? <laughs> have you just bought a boat, Brett? <laughs> you just bought a boat. So, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks. All the faith in the yeah. world. Why I try Cupboard love. <laughs> yeah, anyway, coming back to singularity, I mean, we, to Jaya. I mean, what, what was your highlight? Because this was the last interview of the day, so… Oh, I think singularity end to end was my highlight. And okay. the fact that we got to do these shows has just lengthened that experience for me somewhat. And I'm yeah. so grateful for that opportunity. But yeah. Jaya is a 
she's a she's not just a presence she's a force she is a yeah. force yeah machine and i mean she's that whole her thinking around quantum when she was explaining to us how qubits worked with oh, the overlays yeah. or interlaces yeah and one again, and zero not one or one zero and, yeah one and zero at the same time and the interlacing four. upwards and it's not just exponential it's the exponential of exponential yeah and did you understand it? No. But do you know what the okay. scary thing is? That we, we don't understand it. And the truth is, and we allude to it in the interviews, that we, do, we don't need to. The three of us exactly. don't necessarily uh, need to. But as long as Jaya understands it, it's fun. People need to. Big yes. corporates and big in, enterprises and, and banks and institutions that have lots of information that need, they need to keep secure need to be paying attention because somewhere the hackers and the nefarious beings on the digital underground – they know this. Okay. Well, well I, I was just about to ask you. So let's just rather listen to Jaya rather than… She says it a lot better than she we She says, do. yeah, yes. with a lot more sense. Yes. Because you're still looking a bit dumbfounded. Yeah, but you still have the two of us to deal with as well. So enjoy this next interview. Uh, I'm going to send these two out to go find the giraffe now. Hey, Futurology listeners. You are still listening to the Futurology show. And for that, we have to thank you. Brett and Brett say hi again. Yes. And we are still at the Singularity Summit in South Africa. And it is… Fantastic. It is fantastic. I like, I was about to say, it's as good as giraffe sex. <laughs> it is as good as it can get. And my brain is so beaten up, it's as, it's as violent as giraffe sex. Well. The amount of technology that is thrown into my head is crazy. But as we said in the pre prep on this, that's oh, probably uh, one scroll too far. So we're okay. going to bring it back a little bit. Yes. And yes. we have one of the most dynamic speakers from, from the Singularity University Summit this, this year, and at least for me anyway. Jaya Balu? Yes. Hi. Hi. Welcome. We are so excited. <laughs> we are. I'm like, so going to let you guys down. All right. No, you are no, not. Okay, the build up. Yes. So, I, I, can I just make an attempt at, uh, at SU member and uh, with no, the fact like, I can't even failed say already. faculty failed. quantum computing and security. Guys, yeah. like those are two of the most crazy complex Things it's not just security. In my little mind, it's quantum security. It's quantum That's security, right? right? Yeah. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. But now the title blows your mind. Wait until you hear the concept, because I heard you talk, and I was, to, in all honesty, I was a little scared. I don't really have a lot to be scared of, because I'm not a bank. I'm not an MVNO. I don't have a lot of users, millions or whatever, that I have to be responsible for. Mm-hmm. What, and about, I, this, I, what I, about the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are listening, and I hope you're secure after this. And if you're yes. not, then we'll chat later. But I really hope that a lot of the people that were listening in those positions understood the topic of your conversation. Yeah. And without giving it all away, yeah. tell us who you are, tell us what you do, and okay. why we should be scared. Well, I, I'm happy to tell So I'm the Chief Information Security Officer of KPN Telecom, uh, which is kind of like the telecom, except with maybe better service. Um, in the <laughs> Netherlands. I, am I supposed to say that? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. No, no, no. I hope they're Trust not a sponsor. Me, so, okay. Well, sorry, telecom. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's the telecom incumbent provider in the Netherlands, and I do information security for them. And I've been doing that for them for the last five years. They got hacked about five years ago by a 15-year-old kid. No Thank ways. you for my job. Exactly, and, right? You know, do you so, Hire lots of fifteen-year-old kids. Um, no, only if okay. they're really, really good. Jeez. And um, but I have a, I have several teams, and I also have a team of hackers, and I also have a team of defenders, and I have strategy and policy people, and you know, it's a total of fifty people. So, sure. yeah. pick me, pick me. Are you a white hat? We are all between white and gray, because oh, really? you know, somewhere near Gondor. Um, but like, <laughs> no, I, I think. Um, 
if I could describe myself, I just, I, I really love security. I mm. really believe in the, getting the basics right, but doing it for not a lot of money. So I really believe in doing it for an effective response, but not breaking the bank. You know? Wow. Yeah. Can I get a high five? Yeah. So we need more people like you that are doing amazing things. It doesn't oh. sound like you work you. in a telco. Because in the bank world, it's like, well, cheap security? Nothing. Nah, no, you. no. That's Throw also, everything yeah. at it. Yeah, that's because vendors do that to them. But yeah. hey, I wanted to go back to something yeah. you said, which is yeah. like, you know, we're not going to get hacked. We Nothing will happen. We just had this radio show on this podcast. Mm. I don't know if you heard about it, but if you, if you have time, Google it. Um, a radio station in the United Kingdom got hacked a while yeah. ago. I think it was recently, earlier this summer. And um, the hackers, they uh, hijacked the radio station and on the playlist, all they played was uh, I'm a wanker um, the whole <laughs> yeah, time. Really? And little, like for like, and it happened like three times every time the radio station got hacked again and they played the, <laughs> the wanker song. So that's not going to so work. So little kids in the car oh, no. with their moms were singing oh, I'm a no. wanker. Well, I don't think that's going to oh, be too no, much of a problem because... Along. <gasps> But but Gareth Gareth actually plays that song voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so that's probably why we're not really gonna get hacked anytime soon. And and if they do, we'll probably just wanna interview them anyway. Yeah, true. Like so, so well in. done and yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. But, so but that could be a yeah, good reason. Yeah, yeah, you know, sure. just to get the airtime and but um I I think one of the fundamental things that I tried to convey in my talk, I don't know if it came through, was that that mentality, oh, they're mm. not after me. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. won't happen to me. That is not true. It is not a matter of if it happens to you or not. It's just a question of when yes. and if you know about it. Yes. So have you ever checked your email addresses on have I been pwned? <gasps> if you do that, don't you get pwned? Signed up <laughs> no. and get pwned? Yeah. No, no. So often I worry about that. Check my email address. Yeah, here we go. Thanks for your email address. We'll just pop your password in there. No, that's a no. Okay, so what is the what is the address? Have I been pwned? Um, and what if you just I forgot it's if it's dot com on that? P W N E D. Yeah. Okay. And it's set up by security researcher Troy Hunt, who basically takes you know a whole bunch of like if a botnet has been uh, compromised and dumped, that he takes all the information yeah. and he like looks for uh, usernames, email addresses, and password combinations. And then it you tells you whether you're clean or not. Yeah. Well, that's cool. We should probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try that. Okay, let's do it. One thing, use your account. one thing we have been doing at, at our offices anyway, and I don't know whether it was through curiosity or concern, but we on our one screen, we got a 55 screen in the office, and it's been showing us the DDoS attacks for the last, oh, yes. three, right. for the yeah, last yeah. three weeks. From the that? digital attack map? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've, yeah, we've yeah, been watching yeah, it going, yeah, yeah, yeah. holy yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Once yeah. you start to realize it. And people Glad I'm not China yeah. and US. It's just yeah. full on war. Dudes, well, I also follow like BGP hijacking. Yeah. So uh, BGP is a border gateway protocol. It's like the basis for all internet routing between gateway routers, Pretty like, dead. you know, connecting networks to each other. And what's really scary, take a look at how often, just this summer, North Korea has been hijacked. No really. way. Way, way, way. No, that is scary. They have so uh, many missiles. That's why, like I'm telling you, it's it's terrifying. If you actually like peel back the onion and take a look, <laughs> it's terrifying. But it's also the truth, and we seem to ignore it. Do you not think that it's sort of the, the global chaos drawer? You know, in every house there's a chaos drawer. There's that one drawer that everybody just throws all this shit in and like hopes to forget about it. And you, as you do, you're like, hey, yeah, 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 we'll figure it out later. And I'm moving house at the moment, and I have to deal with this chaos draw. So you have many chaos draws. No, I've got one specific chaos okay. draw. But don't you think that this, I'm using it anecdotally, but it could potentially be 
the security becomes our chaos draw, where it's mm. just like I love that. It's just analogy. It's yeah. just there, and we're just going to yeah. put it in, and like I'll deal with it when it happens. But when it happens, I'll do it later. I'll do it later because I'm moving now. I just got a new puppy. I you know have to I've clean my, my teeth. Business. I don't know. Hasta <laughs> mañana. Yeah. It's that, yeah. We'll wait till tomorrow. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So I'd actually like to know how does a quantum computing work? fit in. Yeah, so I, I can actually, I can actually explain this in 60 seconds, okay? Yes, so, um, first of all, um, a regular computer works with bits. <laughs> oh my you god, you're timing me. A regular computer works with bits. A quantum computer works with qubits, which yes. means that a regular computer can be, you know, what a bit is, it's binary. It can be a one zero or a one. However, a quantum computer can be in the same relative position, a zero and a one, at the same time. Ah, Schrodinger's cat for... For example, dead yeah. and alive, yeah. Mm. But the cool thing with quantum computers and the reason that it gives it scale is this principle called entanglement. Mm-hmm. Entanglement was referred to by Einstein as spooky action at a distance because it meant like the Brett and Brett, if I could use you. So if Brett here is in you know a particular orientation, the other Brett is in a different orientation. But together, you know, they're always in a state of like a unique Bond, a relationship Bromance. across so bromance, you know, the fisting, the whole shebang, <laughs> but across the length of the universe, all right? So distance is, is not a thing. And the reason like, that Einstein yeah. didn't like this, because he said, hey, look, violates this idea that something will travel faster than the speed of light. Yes. So don't like it. It's all spooky shit. Really? Don't like oh, it. Yeah. Excuse me. That's <laughs> so um, the quantum computer takes advantage of this entanglement mm. because let's say you're entangling two qubits. Mm. Then you've got a zero and a one, a zero and a one. If you entangle four qubits, <gasps> you've got a zero and one, a zero and a one, a zero and a one, a zero and a one in the same spot uh, that you used to have a zero or a one. Oh, I didn't understand that part. But I, now I've, you got do. This, I've got That's this mind blowing. I've got this annoying feeling that I'm going to be sick in my mouth just now. Because but you always are. No, but because Champagne. I, no, no, because no, because of the truth and the fact that you're about to bring out. Like if if you can see what this becomes, just, exponentially just large. now, like because it's, it's, the, it's, the whole world is sort of happy with ones and zeros. We're okay. We it's, just got that. Yeah. We basically just understood Woo, that concept. Ones yes. and zero, and now you're telling me that quantum exists yeah. and it happens in the same place and be either or, either or, and the entanglement no, part, either and. <laughs> And, and, and then so, all across the things. Explain that to the people that don't understand what I know. Yeah. So, like, but then if you have 16 qubits, it's like, it's that hockey stick again. It's that exponential thing again. But it goes from a place where you had like this minimal amount of processing power because we keep talking about Moore's law. Mm. But at a certain point, you hit like a sort of, you know, sliding scope where you can keep adding yeah, processors, yeah. but you don't keep increasing your computing power. And you're talking about Amdahl's law. Yeah, so it's it's just going to peter down. You know, it's mm. petering away. And in order to fix that and to solve problems, like you're not going to get a quantum computer as a laptop. Let me just first no. disabuse everyone of that I notion. I just don't have a cool enough room. <laughs> that it's, too. It's not, it's, not, it's not affordable yet. No, and it requires, if they're not uh, physical qubits, it requires like a supercomputer to do quantum error correction. Okay. So, and um, this is a different, different type of coding environment, right? So well, also, just, it will require new rethought. software, and you can actually get a piece on a quantum computer if you want now because one of the companies that's actually made it public is IBM and they've actually made a public quantum computer wow. available for all of us. You can just go and get an account and tell your friends. Who would have thought IBM would have done that? Okay, can I just check something? Yeah. So if I get, I always use the analogy of, of, of exponential being, you know, the steps 1 to 30. Mm-hmm. So when you get to 30, when you're exponential, it's 1 billion and 400 yeah, right. and something. Because you're doubling every time. You're doubling every time. Yeah. Is, so 16 would be half of that. 
Uh, if I kind of figure well, out. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not. But, but like it's the a, same kind of progress, right? Yes, but it's like a delinear. You're only, thinking in, you're only thinking in one bit. Yeah, yeah. Now yes, you've no, got to think no, about that's why I'm trying all to of the possible bits that yeah. exist. Okay, yeah. so yeah, it's huge. we're going to geek out on things that we probably, you and I are kind of familiar with some of the background. Let's break it down. Yeah. What does it mean today? For security? For people listening, yeah. Okay, well, yes. here's the deal, right? We all use cryptography in our daily lives. If you've oh, yes, ever done e-banking or whatever, it's not actually the same thing. It's just that having a quantum computer, the strategic advantage you would have if you had one, would mean that you could break a lot of our public key cryptography that we use today. For the like, number of attempts at trying to decrypt Yeah, it, so, right? the, so the way that cryptography works, right, we... Our cryptography is based on this like principle of having difficult math problems, what we call one-way functions. That means that it's harder to do in one direction than to do in the other. I'll give you an example. What is uh, eight times nine? Oh, guys, come on. <laughs> Brain guys. No, no, uh, you Dudes. were looking at the other bread. 72. Okay, fine. 72, <laughs> that was very good. She was looking at me and yes. my mind broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the easy part of the one-way function. I'm, you're, ah. All right, so he's 72. Other, he's my counterpart. Yes, okay, thank you. Now, so we just said, you know, 9 times 8 is 72. But if I asked you for all the factors that would lead us to 72, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, wow. 63, 54. Am I doing the, the no, factors? No, oh, I don't factors. know what you're doing. I'm going backwards uh, by eight. No, that's not. Oh, that's, shit. All the factors of all 72. All the numbers that you can multiply by each other to get 72. So let's start with 1 and 72. Yeah, yeah. And then 2, two and 36. And, and then 3 and... But you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. We're not 12. good at this. No, but no. neither is a computer. <laughs> Brain's broken. Oh, wow. So a regular computer is also not good at this. And mm. this problem is called integer factorization. Mm-hmm. So our current cryptography is based on this as one of the fundamental problem, math problems. And that it's fundamentally flawed. Well, it's flawed when it meets a quantum computer because that's when the rubber hits the road because the wow. quantum computer is going to be able to try all the permutations to figure out integer But it's theory at the moment because we aren't yet coding on it. No, no, so no. So in no, theory, no. we could do that. Yes, right? when we have a viable quantum computer with enough qubits, yeah. it will be able to solve these kinds of problems. Okay, right right. now, it's nowhere near that, but yeah. I mean, it will be. For all of our listeners, again, and I feel sorry that because I, I don't know how many of them are picking up what we're putting down. Right. And I think this is a big problem when it comes to security. Yes. Mm. Is that there is a lot of data, mm-hmm. a lot of people's data, a lot of your personal things. You've got your stuff in Dropbox and you've got your stuff nope. in, the, in, in everywhere. Well, nope. maybe not you, but all on G Drive. Okay. I'm talking to the I'm, other I'm Googler. I'm all on G Drive. <laughs> I'm sorry, can, why do you always can, I get, like can I get a path? Can I get a path? <laughs> Never on iPhone. There are, I yeah. get there are people the out in the, in the world that are <laughs> using vulnerable repositories for a lot of their information. Yeah, not good. They're putting their credit cards. Because yes. they'll take a photo of their credit card and they'll send it to their wife or their mum or something yeah. and say, there you go, it's, here you go, have my thing so you can buy the, the, the gift for no Jimmy. No such yeah. thing as image recognition either, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> I know. But we're ignorantly accepting all of the things that are in front of us just because they're in front of us without giving it a second thought as to what it means yeah. to be using it. Yeah. Now, if you have dived headlong into this pool of amazing vulnerability, yeah. you need to know that you are vulnerable. Yes. But, but we don't. And you call them, you call all of us sheeples. Yeah, sheeple. sheeple. Well, that's, be, no, it's not, it's not just my word. I think I borrowed oh, no, it from well, someone. I, Maybe I, agree, I, I agree with sheeple. 
because yeah, yeah. we all just do because yeah. my friend did or my mum did or so yeah. therefore I'm we safe. don't think and you know like for example like, I think Dropbox is a great example but so is Google Drive and all the other things we want free we mm. like free but I don't think yeah. that we realize that we pay what with our privacy yes. no the cost is our privacy yeah. and I think you know if you don't pay for a product you are the product mm. and privacy is not about like the people I, they drive me freaking crazy the ones that say I've got nothing to hide they can see everything I've got I take it as a privilege blah, 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 if, they, blah, blah, blah. if they had to look into me yeah it's a nonsense because yeah. the clue is everyone has something to hide yeah. and privacy is not about not having something to hide it's just about you being able to determine what it is you want to reveal to whom no one has the authority to you know de facto take everything you've got and determine how they want to use it and that is what they do when you get those free products and my bigger problem with it is my privacy is what their profitability is based Absolutely. on and they literally are living off uh, thousands and thousands of percentage of margin because they're getting it for free oh yeah but we have to have some software engineers to build yeah. the code but it, yeah. the scale of it is yeah. that the, how much you turn my privacy over the amount of profit Where's my kickback? Yeah. Well, so there's people and there's companies. When you take a look at cloud stuff especially, right, ask yourself this. Does your cloud provider, if you're using, and I won't name all the big names, but could, you can figure them out. Google, Amazon Web Services, and Microsoft Azure. Yes. yes. And by the way, I pay for Not, mine. I just want to stay. I pay for it. Yeah. So if Google's yeah. abusing yeah. my private but privacy, I would have a shit for it. I think it's important for people to know this. But yes. a lot, a lot um, of them, especially when you're using the office yeah. environments, yeah. allow you. They, they have, there are these concepts of you know key management, like your yes. encryption yes, yes, key. Yes, yes, so key. most of them will not let you uh, hold it. And manage it by yourself. I'd just like to say, as a Googler, Google does allow you to manage your own encryption key on its cloud. Is that good or bad? I don't know, but do they have access to the key? They do, oh, No, no, they don't. They can't change or do anything with the key. You get to manage your own key. They're the only cloud provider that does that. But do, they, do you have to give them the key? I, aren't they using it for indexing for, like, Google Office? Google Office, you mean? He does it. If you don't know, it's okay. No, no, I'm talking about cloud computing. Okay. I'm using cloud computing. <laughs> if we talk quiet, okay. no one can catch me out and go, dickhead. <laughs> no, no. Okay. But, guys, I think there, there are, uh, without, again, like, you know, kind of pointing out who, yeah. the majority of them, there are a few that do allow you to do it and don't require to have your key ever. But if they say, yeah, you generate the key, you hold it, and we just use it sometimes. Yeah, no, actually, maybe you're right. Yeah, I'd love to check that, actually. It's, it's worth, it's worth checking. Because you do feel safe. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. The context, mm. to get to the nuts and bolts of this, of your talk, which yes. I think was phenomenally frightening, but also a big reality check, was... The context is a lot of people putting a lot of data into a lot of spaces that are vulnerable and everybody's going, eh, it's okay. Yeah. But if everybody's doing it mm. and there's the good guys mm -hmm. and the bad guys, mm -hmm. to simplify this, yeah. the bad guys are really, really intent on getting all of that free and vulnerable information that we're all just willingly putting into the yes. atmosphere. And the ability to do it is getting easier, easier and cheaper and cheaper that's right and what you see is because we can't tell who's who 
what we see is they all kind of look like each other, you know? Mm-hmm. I wish we could have like nice little, you know, you asked me if I was a white hat. I wish we could have like nice little color-coded schemes where it could be like, all right, there's an individual hacker who's just a kid, there is the cyber criminal, there's the hacktivist, and there's the state-sponsored attacker. Yeah. And Very then, clearly. Yeah, I adopt you that Yeah, but they community. look like each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be a professional uh, espionage uh, CIA-like agent, and if you need to get access to physical property, you're going to make it look like a break-in. So I think that the state-sponsored actors are just going to follow the modus operandi of the other groups in order to cover their tracks. I mean, you've got some great case studies, and unfortunately we can't get into them all today, but I mean, you've got some great case studies that you shared, and if if anybody's interested, they must definitely get in touch or try and follow up with with yourself, Jayabalu. What's the best way to do that? Twitter. Twitter, at? Jayabalu. Fantastic. J-A-Y-A-B-A-L-O-O. Good. Which, by the way, is actually quite a special moment because it's the first time Brett's been able to get an at handle correct handle correct on the show, on the show ever. Why? It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. It's just, a, it's just a little weakness. Handle it on the so, hashtag thingy. The big real world problem for the future, because this is Summit Singularity Use Summit. The big You're real so world problem. Both of you. Yeah, yeah, I, I have lovely. to say, I need Fist to have bump. your pictures. Oh, bro fisting again. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Would you call it bro fisting? Bro fisting. Right? But amidst all this crazy and bromantic relations, there is some serious things. The banks and the big and the governments and all these places where our really sensitive information is being stored are as vulnerable as we are as private people. Probably more so because they have a more complex uh, distributed infrastructure with less overall visibility, asset management and clue. And they're a much nicer target. Wow, you have just summarized what it feels like to be talking to my CIO who's very clear of this. You're not going to get fired after he doesn't listen to this Uh, podcast? I've only got two more weeks left Okay, all right, smart. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll at least still be on the show In a couple of weeks' time So But that's the thing They're a very attractive uh, Attack point or target For for hackers Didn't you guys have a case Actually here in South Africa Where there was an attack On your educational institution And also that rhino issue mm, I think so we, I'm not a familiar enough about time. it But there it's are always attacks attack. Yeah. The truth is that because these big establishments are being targeted mm. and their security is weak, the costs now, because of all the multitudes of humans that are on board, the costs to actually secure it at some level of efficacy mm-hmm. is too expensive. It's, it's not too expensive. It's very it's expensive for them. It's challenging, right? Yeah, but guys, let's look at the real cost. Like exactly. we were talking about WannaCry, right? Yeah. You know, you you guys have heard about WannaCry. I'm sure you've talked about it in depth and no, ad nauseum. No, nope. you haven't. Okay. Nope. I heard about it when you said it, and I did some research after you said it. Yeah. And I still don't know exactly what they do. Okay, so let's rewind a bit. Okay, you everybody everybody outsources. Mm. Everybody outsources. It's like the name yes, of the yes. game today, and so does the NSA. So the NSA needs to find ways to break in. So when people have their security in order, they need to find a way to break through that security. And here's the deal. Like, especially on crappy platforms, they engineer new vulnerabilities. And there's new vulnerabilities that nobody knows about for like zero days. Yeah. Yeah. And they're called zero days. And the NSA finds groups to help them write these zero days. And what they did was they found a group called the Equation Group to write them a zero day. And Equation Group didn't have their own security on order, oh, shit. got hacked by the shadow brokers, or a group calling themselves the shadow brokers, you know, who the U.S. government says is North Korea, who knows. 
um, or the Russians, I don't know. Um, and the clue was that the shadow brokers then said, okay, we don't have this one vulnerability. We've got a ton of vulnerabilities. We're going to release a sample set to make sure you guys all feel how potent this stuff is. <laughs> that was last year. And then uh, what they did was they said, but the rest of it, now you know the stuff is real. And we saw Cisco, Microsoft, everyone updating their stuff once the shadow brokers had done that little taste test. And um, after they had done that, um, they said, all right, now it's up for auction. Starting price, $10 million. Of course. Yeah, and you know people paid. Yeah, yeah. But because they're such ginormous trolls, and they're so cool with the way that they did this, actually, I have to be honest, like props, (laughs) respect. What they did was they then um, actually released MS-1710, Eternal Blue, which is, you know, WannaCry. And... And they just released it out into the wild. And, you know, you saw that Microsoft... Probably. <laughs> and then yeah, made it open source. You're, uh, yeah, exactly. It's total. <laughs> anyway, so what they did was they, when they, when they released that, you know, and Microsoft had already had a patch, we were following it and we had immediately applied the patch and we were examining the code and we took out the NSA code. We put it on exploit DB so that it was available to other people. But WannaCry was made for our enjoyment globally by the NSA. And if that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. It cost Maersk, who's a global shipping company, 250 million euros. Wow. So tell me, the cost to update all of their... Was not going to be that much. Uh, actually, it's going to get worse with Internet of Things and more yeah. connectivity, yeah. more uh, things taking here's, control. Here's Internet of shit. Yeah, Internet yeah. of shit. That's yeah. what it is. And you made a great point that all these hardware and software vendors have got to stop putting the onus on the user yeah. to be in charge yeah. of their security and actually start owning it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, they're building all of our crap and like that's, I think the legislation really needs to catch up because in the EU they have this thing called the NIS directive which says everybody's got to be responsible, you know, like the banking sector, the telecom, the transport, yeah. blah, 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 healthcare, governments, but who's exempt, like actually exempt, they wrote down exempt from this, hardware and software vendors. <laughs> the guys it's all built on. <laughs> the who meant to be responsible for this. That's it's nuts. insane. No, it's just a good lobby. It's just a good lobby in Brussels, but it's insanely wrong. It's wow. hon- It's just wrong. My mind is blown and probably will stay that way until something actually changes. But I'll give you a hug. And that's cool. And that'll be great. Yeah. Uh, later. Okay. Um, China has got a quantum... Yeah, thing satellite. Going. They've got a quantum satellite and a 2,000 kilometer quantum key distribution network from Shanghai to, yeah, yeah no, big network. And they big. say it's wow. to do what? To protect communications in the event of a regional war. A regional internal war. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. if that's got not it. a big enough sign to say, let's shake it up a little bit and let's start thinking better and bigger about the security requirements we need in today's living, especially yeah. the more digital we go. Yeah. Then I don't know what is. You know, I was watching the news today and I understood that the government wanted to think about selling their shares in Telcom South Africa in order to delay the the potential. Yeah, exactly. The to offset that. You know, and what I this is another critical flaw in the thinking of governments to give over control of your critical national infrastructure. If you give your telecom to the hands of a foreign entity or put it up for sale where you no longer have control, you're basically creating the cascade. Giving the wheel of the car to the blind guy. It's insane. You are allowing Just that telecom infrastructure. Yeah, but to fail, then the water systems will fail. Then the electric systems will fail. It will just be the master switch. Who's saying to- that it hasn't? 
already. You know what I mean? That's the thing. We can blame it on infrastructure. We can blame it on something else. Yeah. So, um, so what is Mauritius like? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I firmly believe it's. I I firmly believe it's a floating rock. Both of those. (laughs) Sunny or rainy outlook in the future? I'm. I'm a positive person. Yeah. You know, I want to believe good. I just, I have that dark side that keeps telling me, like, that's bullshit. It's all going to suck. We're screwed. We're so screwed. So just smile and wave, yeah. boys. But so we're, you know, I, I, I just want us to get ready. And I want the um, information security community to understand the nature of the challenge because yeah. uh, the NIST group in the United States already put out a call for a new post-quantum algorithm. I think that's really great. But before vendors integrated into hardware and software and we actually have it as a viable up-and-running thing after the candidate selection, blah, 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 we're going to be busy for a while. Well, I really look forward to the opportunity to talk to you again. I really think it's important that we talk to you again. Thank you. And uh, thanks for the time and for the opportunity to meet you. It was lovely to be part of this bromance, even briefly. (laughs) (laughs) Fist bumps. All right. They're called fist bumps. No, they're not. Just to get you fisting. Bro fisting. There we go. On that note. This is the Futurology Show. We are at the Singularity U Summit in South Africa, and we're talking to a bunch of crazy and amazing people. Cremazing people. Cremazing. <laughs> and on that note, Cremation. we're out. <laughs> are you boys all right? Are, are you, that was that was a good. That was a really good show. That was, I mean, that, that was power. I mean, yeah, she she she's just uh, phenomenal. But, I'm, I'm uh, just going to give uh, a mic a brofist. 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 We're having a little oh, threesome yes. in the studio here, brofisting <sighs> each other. It's absolutely cremazing. Cremazing. Crazy, amazing people. There Maybe we've we started something. Hashtag cremazing. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag what cremazing. <laughs> what about what Mike said? Sorry. We, we always do that. You've lost it. You've lost it. <laughs> Have I lost it? Well, I've, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to lose it after the, you know these amazing interviews because oh, to man. keep up with these brains, these people. I mean, imagine living in a world like that. But, guys, uh, I mean, we've got one more session to go. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, then, then singularity is over for this year. Yeah. So. And coming up, coming up next week, we're going to be talking to, we've got Mr. Brett Loebscher, who yes. was at Singularity, who came and joined us. And again, we were just talking, expanding on that, that discussion we had with him around sapiens. And he's a local big thinker, oh, right? Oh, my goodness. It was yes. really cool. And we've got access to brains like that in oh. our, in, in our country yeah. and changing business where we are, which is great. We also spoke to another local who wants to be a non-local, completely out of this world person, yeah. Adriana Marais. Forever. Yes. Forever. Yeah, she, forever. She, wants, she, wants she wants to, to go to Mars. Yeah. yeah. We've just got it down here as Mars chick. But <laughs> she literally is a really interesting human being. And phenomenally intelligent. Yeah. Jeez. She knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. I wonder if she's ever going to get to Mars. She, uh, well, according to Elon Musk, it's getting closer. 2024, he's sending people to Mars. You know what? Well, 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 you know what? Kind of when he says something, it tends to happen. Yeah. I mean, he has yet to fail on a promise. It's a bit like you, Mike. Uh, what can I say? Yeah. Hey? That's why we love you, man. I'm, I'm not too sure where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to take it somewhere, but. <laughs> no, no, I could see your face there. <laughs> but it's the end of the show, and the beginning of the next show will bring us all of those things and Carla van der Vey are talking about the future of mobility. That is a very entertaining conversation, and I really Beautiful. enjoyed that. Yo, so phenomenal. until next week, guys, this is the Futurology Show. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Cheers. This is CliffCentral.com.